You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So I big time overslept, so we got to really kind of fly here. I'm thinking that this is going to be a one breaker. I don't know. But um, I'm trying to think on the fly here. I think what I want to do is continue the free agency thing, and I want to look at some other positions. Um, this wasn't, <laughs> this wasn't the plan, but we got to, uh, got to call a little audible here. So let's just call that the plan. We're going to look at some other free agents, but with a similar kind of plan. Dude, I can't even, I'm scaring myself. Words are coming out all slow. Like, why is this happening? Coffee hasn't hit yet. Anyways, uh, make sure you jump in the Facebook group. Make sure you like the Facebook page. If you have the opportunity to subscribe to the show somewhere or leave a review, I would greatly appreciate that. Let all these places that broadcast uh, podcasts know that this is a good one and a lot of people listen. Make sure that the one you're listening to, the logo says Pack Daddy, and the name of the podcast says Packernet Podcast. And if you wouldn't mind supporting the show, patreon.com slash pack uh, underscore daddy. There is a link in the description. Or just ask. Some people just flat out ask. Like, dude, where is it? Just, Just send me a link. And I do. Again, as little as a dollar a month would be hugely helpful to me. And a special thank you to, and I promise I'm going to mess up your name, but I, I got to give it a shot, man. Karunakar. I really Americanized that, but that's what I got. Karunakar. And I don't know why that reminds me so much of Hakuna Matata, but I'm assuming you're listening, and if you wouldn't mind reaching out and give me some backstory on that name, that would be awesome. But thank you very much for uh, jumping in on Patreon. I very much appreciate that. Where are we at on that, by the way? Just a quick up. I don't think we're going to get to 100, but I'm just curious. We are at 72 patrons. So if 28 people right now want to jump on Patreon and just give a buck, like I said, once we get to 100, it's not you get to go into my store and get whatever t-shirt you want. Actually, I think we upped it, didn't we? I'm so confused. I don't remember. Just ignore me. But if we get to 100... I'll figure that part out later. Then the winner of the giveaway will get to uh, tell me what t-shirt they would like designed for them, and then I will design that uh, shirt and also sell that in the store. So, again, it's a big jump, but the size of the audience, getting 28 people to be like, sure, fine, I'll give them a buck. It's not that many people. Percentage-wise, it's like nothing. So consider it, because we can do it. Anyways, let's, uh, let's take a break and just rattle through as many of these as possible. There's not even that many positions that we need, but we might as well just hit as many as we can until we run out of time. Does that sound good to you? Sounds great to me. Let's rock and roll. Be right back. This spring, meaning in about a month, if you don't have any plans and you'd like to, you know, have some plans, I've got an idea and you'll never guess what it is. I'm thinking you should pack up the kitties. 
kids, not cats, although, you know, it's your life, jump in the car and drive on down to Arizona for the Cactus League spring training. And I understand I keep coming from the context of everybody lives in Madison, Wisconsin. I don't know. Maybe you live in Mexico and it's too hot. Then drive north to Arizona to cool off a little bit. Don't go too far. It's going to be snowing and cold. Wherever you are, bottom line is, it's going to be a really great experience. And if you're a big baseball fan or if you've got kids, it'll be something really fun for them to be able to experience, to be able to go out and check out these teams, get some autographs, go out afterward, get some food, go back to the water park when you're done. Which, I mean, it doesn't even have to be that good of a water park. Kids just love hotels. I mean, I'm, I'm an adult and I still think hotels are awesome. Hotel's not even as good as your house half the time, but it doesn't matter because it's a hotel and it's awesome. For some reason, like, hotel beds are just... Like these things that you just need to jump on. It's like you got a bed at home, but you know, you get to a hotel, it's like, dude, I don't know what it is. This one's just made for jumping, and we got to jump onto the other bed next to it. It's just like built in your. D- I did it as a kid. My kids do it. I don't know, man. It's just fun. Just got to get away sometime. So if you want to give it a shot, plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. And by the by, this episode is sponsored by The Athletic, which is a subscription-based sports news site for real sports fans. If you're looking to get some really quality, in-depth coverage and not get just drawn in by clickbaity nonsense, and you want coverage by some of the top writers, both locally and nationally, like Jay Glazier or Michael Lombardi, it's worth at least checking out The Athletic. They got everything from long-form journalism to in-depth analysis, statistics, Stuff that goes way beyond the box score. And again, you're going to get your own personalized news feed when you head over there and tell them what kind of things you're interested in. So if you're ready to get 40% off a yearly subscription, head on over to theathletic.com slash overtime. That's theathletic.com slash overtime. And that's lowercase spelling. All right, so we might as well start off with the next most important thing, which is also the easiest one to do, and that's going to be tight end. The reason it's easy is because if we're looking to do the exact same thing, uh, there's not that many, many options as far as young guys that kind of just broke out. Because really, I mean, we can stretch this a little bit, but Austin Hooper's kind of just the guy. Which, by the way, uh, my starting point to reference, PFF has this list of guys with a ton of resources and everything right built. It's a really awesome resource. They Every year they keep adding on to stuff. They do just such a fantastic job. I know I'm overly enamored with them, but I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it. They got a little box over here that shows the PFF grades over the last three years, which is my starting point. They've got the projected salary, which, by the way, let me do this real quick because I missed it or they just added it. or I don't know but it's hugely important for what we were talking about yesterday. Uh, Brashad Perriman, the expected contract is a one-year $7 million contract. Now, the negative with that is it makes it much more likely that Tampa Bay is going to sign him. The positive is if he doesn't sign with Tampa, I just, I, I mean, there, there, in no way is that going to be problematic for the Packers. Like, ooh, $7 million? I don't know, man, that's a little steep. Uh, Robbie Anderson is a guy that a lot of people are super interested in. Expected contract, four years, $13 million average, $28 million guaranteed, 52.5 total. Now, here's the thing, though. With this expected, it's entirely possible. I mean, I don't know what the expected was for Zadarius Smith. It's possible that they're just looking at this and they don't really see. Because, listen, Robbie Anderson's getting a lot more hype than Brashad Perriman is. If I'm right about the hype on Brashad and teams are looking at Brashad in the way that I'm looking at him, it's possible that that contract goes way up. Because, again, we're talking about a 26-year-old guy getting a one-year contract seems a little weird to me. This is just over-the-caps expected contract. 
But if if they're in any way correct, that's that's crazy. Um, by the way, Amari looking at five years, twenty million average. AJ Green three years, sixteen point six average. Which that right there is like, dude, I don't. I've been big on AJ Green. I'm not giving him a three year nothing. If I'm bringing him in, it's one year. I mean, he's been great for a long time. I'm talking real great, like never been a bad wide receiver. But he's also 31 and a half. He's also injury prone. I'm not signing him until he's like 35 years old. I'm just not doing that. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, by the way, I'm assuming the 49ers bring him back, but that's a three-year 10. That's only 10 million. But he's also like 33, so no thanks. But anyways, just thought I'd uh, brush up on that because I didn't mention that yesterday. But yeah, so uh, for example, Hunter Henry obviously is the the big the big name, right? That that's like the ultimate. Um, but the reason it doesn't super fit the narrative is that although he is young and although he's obviously super talented, what I'm kind of looking for are not the super obvious guys that are going to get massive contracts, you know, like the D Ford guy was or Jadavian Clowney guy, the guys that we didn't take, the somewhat under the radar, you know, lesser known, just broke out, a little bit higher risk, but, you know, let's take that risk and dump a little bit of money there and see how it goes. And Hunter Henry, obviously, I mean, 2017, he was... He was tight end two, two years ago. So this is not a guy who just broke out. Right, 2018, he only played 14 snaps because he was injured. 2019, actually, he was tight end 12. So it was a big step back uh, compared to 2017. So for a lot of reasons, that doesn't quite fit. Um, actually, if there was somebody not named um, Austin Hooper that kind of fits the mold, Eric Ebron isn't isn't terrible. Just based on PFF grade, it technically went up a little bit, but he's been kind of consistent, consistently kind of good, I guess, good-ish, 69, 66, 71. However, they've also got this thing called PFF War, which is wins above replacement, which is kind of, it's their attempt to do what everybody else is trying to do right now, which is quantify how good this guy is on a snap-by-snap basis looking situationally right so the pff grades kind of do that but it's based on just i'm watching you did you do a good job this is more situational right it's it's the epa thing it's it's what did you do compared to what any other player would be expected to do in that situation and what they do is they take that kind of statistic they marry that with the grades and they're trying to really come up with their own thing but the bottom line is their P, according to their PFF war, he went backwards big time, even though his grade went forward. So I don't think he super fits that mold. But then we come to Austin Hooper, 25 years old. Um, his his PFF grade went from 61 to 68 to 78. So there's that breakout. Even the PFF war went from 0.2 to 0.28 to 0.33, tight end 14 to tight end 7 to tight end 5. So in every kind of way, he just really jumped up. So, I mean, he just, he fits the mold, right? Um, Although he's not, if we're looking for under the radar, obviously he's not under the radar, but he kind of just, he he fits. Um, Expected contract, four years, 10 million average, which for most teams that might seem like a lot, but I mean, that's that's the Jimmy Graham contract. So again, we're basically just paying him like Jimmy Graham and hoping that it pans out much better. Otherwise, like I said, there's really literally just nobody. I mean, tight ends are just kind of a wasteland. Um, Richard Rogers hasn't even played over 100 snaps since 2017. Uh, Mercedes Lewis is 35.6 years old. Tyler Eifert is turning 30. I swear that guy was 35 years old. He's been around since forever. But um, constantly injured. Nobody else really has a break. I mean, you got a bunch of guys that are just average all the time. Just average, 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 average. So that's really it. So again, this was, it's simple. It's basically just Austin Hooper. That's your one answer.
Let's flip over to... Let's do tackle, just because you never really know. It doesn't doesn't super make sense, but in, in a sense it does. If, if you've got a Zadarius kind of a prospect and you're thinking we got to pay somebody, maybe you would rather pay um, a younger guy than, than Balaga. I don't know. But uh, right off the bat, the guy that's kind of jumping off the page is Tennessee's Jack Conklin. And again, a lot of these guys are probably going to get re-signed, but, but let's look at it anyway. Jack Conklin is 25 years old. He was a first-round pick, so, I mean, he's one of those guys that, I mean, you, you got to lock him up. But, again, let's just ignore that, I guess. Um, his grade went from 72, which is pretty solid anyways, to 66, and then jumped up to 80. So, t- uh, tackle number 31, then he was ranked 45th, and, and this year he was ranked 9th. PFF war from last year to this year went from 44th to 4th. So, this becomes one of those things where he's probably not going to, you know, he's not going to make it to free agency, but if he does, it's kind of like, I mean, how do you not? I mean, the, the expected contract is five years, fourteen million average. Fourteen million for a for a twenty five year old top ten tackle to put in at right tackle kind of feels like a no brainer to me. Again, I doubt it's going to happen, but again, we're just running through this stuff. A massive breakout candidate, although somewhat of a kind of an iffy thing because of the limited snaps over the last two years. But that is the fifth-round pick for the Philadelphia Eagles, Holopolavati Vaitai. He did play most of his time at right tackle. He was a fifth-round pick. He's 26 years old. In 2017, he was ranked as the 61st best tackle. In 2018, he was the 77th, and then this year, 22nd. The grades went from 59, which is average, to 47, which is terrible, this year to 75, 74.4. His war grade went from negative 0.02 to negative 0.07 to 0.11. He was just a little bit behind Brian Balaga. So, I mean, for me personally, it's it's too much of a risk to assume that he's going to keep playing at that high of a level for a guy that's four years younger than Brian Balaga. But again, you know, if we're moving on and and he comes cheap, it's worth a look, I guess. And then other than that are two first-round guys that I, I just don't know what exactly is going to happen because they're, they're kind of being considered first-round busts, but they both kind of fit the mold. They're 27, so they're one year older than I'd like to do. But both of these guys graded in the 50s and then kind of had a jump up to one at 67. Well, they're both were 67, which in neither case is very high. But in this case, what I'm looking at is let's say Jared Valdir decides to retire. Neither of these guys get resigned. It's worth a very low contract to kind of be a backup. So this is not to replace Brian Balaga under any circumstances, but it's more of a Jared Valdir backup replacement. And that would be Greg Robinson and Cedric Ogbuahi. Now, Cedric hasn't played very many snaps, but he went from 56 to 51 to 67, which is a pretty big jump. His PFF war went positive for the first time. And then Greg Robinson went from 54 to 59 to 67. So again, these are first-round picks, so you got to assume there's some talent there. Sometimes it takes a little while to turn stuff around, although 27 years old, maybe we just kind of know who they are. I don't know. But again, this is this is if they get dumped and there's not a lot out there and there's not a lot of interest as a backup, maybe. But that's pretty much it. I mean, Jack Conklin would be the, the massive signing if he were able to hit free agency. Otherwise, Halapuluvati Vaitai as kind of a, that would be the high-risk play. Uh, let's move on to interior defenders. I wanted to stick on offense, but because of time, let's just go with the most important. We'll do this on linebacker and see where we're at. Um, obviously, everybody knows Chris Jones. That's the one everybody wants. 
he fits in terms of being young. He's definitely not a breakout, though. He's just been dominant for three years. Um, in terms of PFF grade, this was actually his lowest year. He, If you remember, he and, and uh, Kenny Clark both started off the season real slow and then kind of picked it up as the season went on. They followed that exact same path. So he is Kenny Clark. That's just the best way to put it. He is in every sense. He's been this consistently with Kenny Clark, graded near Kenny Clark. He's that guy. Are we going to pay him? Almost zero chance in my mind. We're looking at a four-year, $18 million average, and that's about what Kenny Clark's about to get. So we're not having two guys like that. Um, another option would be DJ Reader. I know the Texans are, are, you know, there's at least some talk that not everybody's getting re-signed. I don't know if Reader's one of those guys or not. But um, he's always been quite good, but his grades went from 79 to 76 to 85, which is a jump. So I wouldn't say under the radar or just just kind of broke out because, again, he's always been good. But definitely had his best year last year. Um, looking at the PFF war, 0.1 to 0.7 to 0.14. So massive strides there looking situationally. Um, Rank-wise, went from 24th to 35th to 8th. And this would be a four-year, $13.5 million contract expected, which, again, is a, a little high. Again, when we're talking about maybe $18-ish million, $19 million for Kenny Clark to have another 13 and a half for DJ Reader. But he's a big six foot three, 347-pound um, run stuffing. Not going to give you a ton as a pass rusher, but he didn't grade out that bad as a pass rusher. But he's mostly going to help you against the run, which, let's be honest, that's kind of what we're looking for. And the guy had 36 pressures. That's not bad. 36 out of 409 pass rush attempts. It's a little less than 10%, but for a big boy, for 347-pound dude, I'll take that. He only had two games all year where he didn't have a single pressure. So, I mean, he, again, he's he's entirely a run stuffer, but he's not going to give you nothing. So, I don't know. It's worth a look. John Hargrave is another good defensive tackle, but he doesn't really fit the mold because he's just been pretty solid for several years now. If we're going to do a super deep dive, um, this is, geez, he's not even on PFF's board because he's so far down, but Quentin Jefferson with the Seattle Seahawks, which actually makes kind of, you know, some sense because, I, as I mentioned, the Seahawks have got several people that need, they need to resign. I think there's 13 people along the defensive front, including edge rushers and defensive tackles. I think it's seven or eight of which are, are free agents, including guys like Jadavian Clowney that they have to dump a bunch of money on. So a guy like Quentin Jefferson could easily slip through the crack. And if you look at 2017, his grade was a 51, 2018 a 59, 2019 a 73. His war ranking went from 0.01 to negative 0.01 to 0.1, which doesn't sound like a big jump, but it's, it's, it is. There's a zero in front of the one before, so it's significant. Ten times better. In terms of rank, he went from last year 178th to 17th as far as the war uh, ranking went. His grade went from 98th to 27th. So this one kind of makes sense in terms of probably a lower cost. And I say probably because, again, maybe this is a Zadarius guy who gets a massive contract and everyone goes, well, that's dumb. I don't know. But again, another guy that is much better as a run defender than he is as a pass rusher, which is beneficial. He had four sacks, which is decent enough. But a fifth round guy, six foot four, 291, which kind of actually fits the mold a little bit more of what uh, Mike Pettin and the Packers have wanted for a while. They don't usually get the 200 or 340 pound guys. Um, usually they're the, you know, 6'4", closer to 300. You know, even Kenny Clark is, what, like 315 pounds, and he's a nose tackle. So kind of just the taller, long arm guys that can just execute a, a role that aren't just 
big, giant, immovable people. They like a little bit more mobility. He ran a 4.95, so he's going to be much more mobile than a 340-pound guy. This one kind of, it just feels right. You know, every once in a while you get one that just kind of feels right. For a team that doesn't have a huge amount of money and is probably going to go other positions, if we're going to get a defensive tackle, you got a team that very likely could let him walk. The age makes sense, 26. He's more of a run defender than a pass rusher, but he had 39 pressures out of 400, so right at about 10%, which is which is fine. I mean, if, if you're the run D guy getting 10% pressure rate, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And he also only had one game without a pressure. Week one, he had seven pressures, including two sacks. He never replicated that, but that's just the kind of thing he could do. He had week three, five pressures. Week five, seven pressures. There was another game with five pressures. So, you know, he can bring it. But again, he also brings that, that better run defense ability. And his, his abilities against the run have been two years in a row. So it, it does seem as though Seattle has kind of uh, built him up. And also, Pettin does have some familiarity with the Seattle Seahawks. Back in 2017, he was a consultant with the Seattle Seahawks and helping them to kind of build up their defense. And that was Quentin Jefferson's first year. So there's some familiarity there. So for a lot of reasons, this one kind of makes a little bit of sense to me, if we were to go that route. Again, not wanting to pay $13 million, or certainly not $18 million, but if you can get Quentin Jefferson for less than 10 which I don't know if you can or not, but if he kind of slips through the cracks, because again, he's not a good pass rusher, so there's not going to be a lot of, of love for him. I mean, he's not terrible. The percentage isn't bad. The total number isn't bad. Both the percentage and the total both went up. But that, that could help a guy fly under the radar. It's no different than in the draft when you got a guy that's real solid but is, is not much of a pass rusher. They're going to fall because the NFL likes guys that get after the quarterback. And, of course, the Packers do too. But I, I just I feel like he could fit. And, and he, he, he's still at about 10%. So he's not terrible at it. I feel like there's, there's a lower threshold. You know, I mean, Tyler Lancaster isn't getting 10%, I can tell you that. I don't know, man. Just it feels right to me. In the same way that Brashad Perriman just kind of felt right, Quentin Jefferson kind of makes sense to me. Anyways, I really, really hate to do this, but I'm officially out of time, and I just don't have time to do another another position. Again, this was not my plan, but uh, it's a shorty episode. And again, the takeaway from today, if there, if there was one other person that I just felt like would be a good fit for the Packers, it's Quentin Jefferson from the Seattle Seahawks. So my two favorite after doing this exercise, obviously Austin Hooper is a fit tackles I, I none of that really felt right it's worth looking at because maybe but it just doesn't feel right but uh quentin jefferson and brashad perriman are are the guys um tomorrow i at least want to spend a little time looking at linebacker I'm not sure if any other positions matter but we'll do some other stuff but i also want to look at linebacker but anyways you folks have yourselves a fantastic monday i'll talk to you tomorrow have a good one Bye bye